0: Welcome to the Whistleblower Newsroom. I'm Christina Borgeson. As the country reels from yet another school shooting, this time at the hands of 18-year-old Salvador Ramos, who first shot his grandmother in the jaw at her home where he'd been living for a few months, and then went on to the nearby elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, where she worked as a teacher's aide and killed 19 children and two teachers. Only in the United States have school shootings occurred so frequently, and the response is always the same, a hue and cry for more gun control. While that may be part of the solution, my guest today argues that many of these school shootings share one common aspect that is suppressed and yet is of bottom line relevance to addressing this horrific problem. Twenty-three years ago in 1999, award-winning investigative reporter Kelly O'Meara uncovered a fact that virtually no one else had noticed and that she published in her landmark magazine piece titled Guns and Doses for the Washington Times Insight Magazine. As the title suggests, what O'Meara had discovered was a link between psychiatric drugs and acts of senseless violence, and that many of the then recent school shooters were on psychiatric drugs when they committed their crimes. The Ta on discussing this angle is still in force, but she's here to talk about that, as well as irregularities she's found in the current narrative about what happened in Uvalde. Omira has penned dozens of articles exposing the fraud of psychiatric diagnosis and the dangers of psychiatric drugs. She also authored the highly acclaimed book, Psyched Out How Psychiatry Sells Mental Illness and Pushes Pills That Kill. Omira is currently the host of the podcast, Don't Ask That Question, with Kelly Omira. Welcome, Kelly.
1: Hi, Christine, thanks for having me on. For
0: more than 20 years now, you have been following school shootings Mm -hmm. assiduously. You've been reporting on them and you even wrote a book called Psyched Out that was inspired by something that you were the first person to report.
1: Yes. Talk about that. I actually got into reporting at the Washington Times Insight Magazine uh, back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. I started uh, reporting on a psychiatrist back in 98. I wrote an article who uh, I read his book and uh, he believed that the sooner you had sex with a child, the better off they would be. And so I- What, like a pedophile psychiatrist? Yeah, sort of. like. Well, that's what I thought. (laughs) You know, I thought this can't be good for kids if this guy is seeing kids, right? But he thought they're healthier the the sooner they had sex. So I wrote this article. And in the process of writing that article, I was introduced to uh, the Citizens Commission on Human Rights. I actually interviewed them uh, uh, for the article. And uh, anyway, after interviewing them about Uh, that particular psychiatrist, I sat in a holiday inn in Washington, D.C. with Marla Philiday, who is uh, the uh, vice president of CCHR, and we just had kind of a conversation. She started talking about Ritalin and ADHD and how bad it was, and and she said, you know, there's no science to support that ADHD or any psychiatric diagnosis um, is a disease or, you know, an abnormality of the brain, and I was like, I don't think so. In my mind, I'm thinking she's crazy. So I went back to uh, my office that day at the Washington Times, and I started doing some research on it. I'll be darned if she wasn't right. Um, There is no science uh, to any psychiatric diagnosis. In other words, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of the American Psychiatric Association basically lays out 400 and some odd psychiatric... You're saying
0: there's no physical ailment is that what you right
1: there's no disease in other words um there's no objective confirmable abnormality and when we say an objective confirmable abnormality in medicine and in science i'll give you an example uh you broke your leg you go to the the hospital you take an x-ray and they go yep we've seen that before that's a broken bone Right. right so it's objective it's confirmable and it's an abnormality um, so in when it comes to psychiatric diagnosing, there's none of that. You can't take a PET scan, a CAT scan, an X-ray, a blood test, a urine test. I mean, there's no test known to man that will find depression in the brain.
0: Haven't they done studies where you you can see where certain parts of the brain are lit up or not
1: lit up? Yeah, Uh, I mean, you're depressed. And in fact, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but let's get into that a little bit. So, over the years, for 30 years now, I've been, you know, watching psychiatry and have been watching these school shootings. And so, what I've noticed is that every now and then a study will come out that says, oh, you know, we did these PET scans of the brain and you know, this is a normal brain and, you know, this is a brain of a school shooter. In fact, uh, Dan Bongino, who has his own show, um, he had this uh, this guy, this doctor on his show last week saying just that he goes, this is the brain of a normal person and this is Kip Kinkle's brain. Now Kip uh, was a school shooter. He killed his parents and then went to school and killed two kids and wounded 24 others. And first of all, my first question when I saw this doctor talking about it, I thought, well, first of all, we don't have the brain of Kip Kinkle prior to the shooting, okay? Nobody took PET scans of his brain prior to the shooting. Right. He also, this guy in showing these two comparisons, he he didn't consider the fact that Kip had been on psychiatric drugs. And we know that psychiatric drugs change your brain, we know this. In fact, we now know that antipsychotics really change your brain. There was just a study last week that was published in uh, a magazine that I read. So what I'm saying is, every time they put out one of these, this brain and this brain, you know, see the difference? They never, in fact, they never ask if these people have been on psychiatric drugs. I even called the last large study, I called the head of that study and I said, hey, I was just wondering, you know, did did you ask your patients, you know, were they on psychiatric drugs? And she goes, no, we didn't. So it's very misleading. On top of that, the National Institute of Mental Health, the American Psychiatric Association, um, the World Health Organization, everyone will tell you, we don't know how the brain works. We have no idea how the brain works. You may see something here, but we have no idea how it affects this thing over here. You understand? It's that complex. It's more complex than the universe. Okay. I mean, we know more about the universe than we do the human brain. It's, it's really that simple, nevertheless. So, um, you know, bringing it back, you know, as soon as I did that research about ADHD, you know, kind of floored me because I was one of these people that just accepted that ADHD was real. And, you know, these kids really needed help. And so i started you know i started writing about it and um i didn't get any blowback which, which kind of tells you you're on the right path if the apa and the national institute of mental health you know what does the, the
0: apa is
1: american psychiatric association and mm-hmm. the national institute of mental health so if they don't come after you say oh no no you're wrong you know we're gonna sue you um you're pretty much on the right road and so i kind of went from there and then of course. The big article that I wrote that was, uh, I was the first national reporter to make a connection was um, I looked at the most recent school shooters, um, I think I have 10 or 11 of them, um, right after Columbine. And what we found is that all of them had mental health treatment and had been on psychiatric drugs. So that's the only thing they had in common. Their backgrounds were different. How they interacted with people was different. Their, their parent relationship was different. That's the only thing they had in common. And I have to say that was a big article for me. It was a cover story and I got a lot of great feedback from guns and doses,
0: right? Yes.
1: Guns and doses. Yes.
0: That was um, in 1999.
1: Yes, it was 19. I can't believe it's that long ago, but you know, unfortunately it's still pertinent. Yeah. Everything I said in that article is still pertinent today. So when you
0: reported that, uh, nobody in the psychiatric community jumped up and down and said, oh, this has, oh, that's interesting.
1: Nope, not a peep. And in fact, I wrote, I think, more than two dozen articles uh, while I was there and about, you know, psychiatry, the fraud of psychiatry and psychiatric diagnosing um, and psychiatric drugs, not once. When did anybody ever write and say, oh, you're wrong, or, you know, we're going to sue you for misinformation. or Yeah, you know, that's, the, I think that's the last thing they want. And, and that's one thing that I, I would scream about after Uvalde. Okay. I've always looked at this issue as a two prong issue. Okay. So <clears throat> first, you have to look at the bogus diagnosis. There's no science to it. Um, any of the psychiatric diagnoses, such as ADHD, depression, you know there's even math um, diagnosis yeah, but,
0: but I, that, I understand what you're saying about you know there's no physical ailment there, but people I, the ADHD sometimes is questionable to me because mm-hmm. I had a situation when my son was was young. And in Mm -hmm. elementary school, they wanted to put him on Ritalin because he was antsy and did not wanna sit in his chair all day long. And they wanted me to put him on Ritalin and I felt like, you know, I don't blame him. This is a kid full of energy. He doesn't wanna have his you know, butt nailed to a chair for Mm -hmm. hours on end. So I had to go through a big diplomatic dance and so on To make sure that he was not put on on any drugs you know Mm -hmm. um so and and that really woke me up to how a lot of kids seem to be drugged uh, you
1: know i'm just curious when when you went in and 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 fought for your kid not to be put on drugs so did they did they provide you with any medical evidence that he had an abnormality no
0: they just recommended it they just recommended it, you know. He's mm-hmm. he's disruptive in class. I mean, he came into class with a tennis ball one time, and and the teacher took it away from him, and he walked up to the teacher's desk, opened it up, and took his ball back. He did, you know. He you know was misbehaving on them but he wasn't, you know. He wasn't attacking other kids and and throwing chairs around or anything like that. But they immediately wanted to put him on, on Ritalin, and that really that really struck me and it really frightened me and years later i did some uh, substitute teaching and i was so struck by i mean these kids who were being drugged and i remember uh one kid when i was i was supposed to read these stories to them that was what i was supposed to do while i was there He, he was you know they were like eight maybe seven years old and um this they told me oh he's kind of a problem and they've just changed his meds a little bit so he might be a problem in the class and so on and so forth and so I decided not to read this ridiculous story they had me wanted me to read I decided to do something on surrealism you know and how weird you know so they were looking at you know Magritte stuff and you know the the tuba on fire how can metal go on fire like that so on and so forth this kid was completely absorbed by the whole thing he just loved it they all wanted to draw something like that and they were just complete and i just thought to my i, I just thought to myself i wonder if some of these kids are so antsy because they're just bored out of their skulls or something i don't know what
1: right. but
0: you know And she came and she was did he behave and i said i mean he was like the star of the class he was wonderful he had a wonderful drawing you know and it really mm-hmm. made me think
1: just the the diagnosis of ADHD, uh, again, you know, falling back to the two-pronged thing, you know, the diagnoses are not based in science or medicine. In other words, the APA gets together every five or 10 years, and they decide they're gonna put out a new DSM, a new diagnostic statistical manual. And so what they do is they have committees. And so they'll have an ADHD committee and a depression committee and whatever. And they'll decide if they're gonna add a new a new diagnosis to the book or if they're going to change them and it's all done by raising your hand. Yep, yeah, I think we should change it. Yeah. There's no science brought in to support wow, any of it.
0: Wow. that's that's and so, so sound.
1: with ADHD, there's 18 criteria. Um, wiggles in his chair, raises his hand at a turn, um, talks at a turn, uh, doesn't bring in his homework. Now if he gets what? sick, yeah, that's the criteria for ADHD. And there's 18 of these. And so, if you get six of these, then you're diagnosed as having ADHD. That's shocking. Now, every little boy wiggles in his chair, raises yeah, his hand. Yeah, yeah. That's normal. That's not abnormal behavior. That's yeah. normal behavior. Right? Yes, it is. That's I why we. have. was for recess. my
0: son. You know. That's why we
1: have recess. I had two recesses when I was in elementary school—one in the morning and one in the afternoon—because you got to go out and run it out. Yeah. Okay. You got to get that wiggle out so you can get them back in the classroom and get them focused again. So anyway, so it's it's not based in science. So, you know, when you start talking about the fraud of the diagnosis, that's the fraud right there. There is no abnormality in your child. Your child was born normal. Okay. The, you know, show me a test. That well, your shows child a- is a
0: bother to the system because uh, the teacher can't... Uh... Do her job if she's got one or more of these kids jumping up and down their class i mean
1: and yeah, but they they always have throughout history teachers have always had kids who jump around the class yeah, okay? and you
0: think they try and figure out a way to they to did deal with that naturally as opposed well to no they they figured out drugs chemical uh you know quieting them down chemically which is uh, the parents i just don't understand what the parents are thinking either well the thing
1: is a lot of so often the parents aren't told everything informed consent is so important um they're not told both sides of the story they're not told that this diagnosis is not based in science and then they're not told that the adhd drugs ritalin adderall are the closest thing that we have to cocaine give yeah. your kid that twice a day they're not told that what they're told yeah. is this this will help this will make him better right that's what they're told by their doctor and you know people want to believe they're doctors right now no, no. also add into that mix that in today's world sometimes very often the parents are on some sort of psych drug too okay right so the fact that their kid has it oh it must be genetic <laughs> I mean, this is what they're, this is what they're told. When I say that there's no science or medicine associated with a psychiatric diagnosis, okay? I mean, think about it. You're suffering from math disorder, You're suffering from writing disorder. this is in the book, this is in the DSM. Yeah, The
0: ADHD thing is is questionable. I mean, I've seen hyper kids and there are some kids who can be hyper, but I don't think, I don't think drugging them is is the proper way to deal with it. The other thing is, is there's some kids, I I don't know, like kids who have, for example, uh, I'm not talking about depression, but depression is an interesting one too, because depression can be very debilitating.
1: It is, and I'm here, this, this is what's, don't lose sight of, I believe that people are depressed, I believe that people have anxiety. I believe that they have stress. I believe that little boys, you know, wiggle too much and are disruptive. I'm not saying that's not happening. Those are real behaviors. Right. You know what I mean? Right. What I'm saying though is by chemically trying to alter that behavior. Right. You don't know what the outcome may be. In other words, yes. some people can take these drugs and they're okay. They move on with their life. Some people can't. Their their makeup. They they, they have a bad time with with taking chemically. These
0: they can't handle it. Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. And that's why so, they you know, have
0: those black. What they call the black box warnings. Could you talk about those a little bit?
1: Well, yeah. First, I want to. I just want to read a few things here because I want people to understand that I'm not just pulling this out of anywhere. So these are re- these are very important doctors who are talking about the diagnosis. Okay. So I'll just just read two of them uh, for for you. And this is a neurologist. His name is Fred Bauman. He says, throughout mental health, psychiatrists and other physicians as well use the term chemical imbalance. Yes. To mean disorder, disease, sickness, illness, when there is never an abnormality of any kind during examination or test, such as the total 100% fraud of psychiatry's chemical imbalances, psychiatry's way of making patients out of normals okay this is a neurologist and you know neurologists study diseases of the brain psychiatrists study behavior okay there's a big difference there so anyway the black box um that was a very important step during my process in learning about the drugs and psychiatry a lot of people were committing suicide um, on antidepressants. And so, uh, the FDA was bothered by so many people. I remember going to the hearing, the FDA had a hearing, whether or not we should put black box warnings on antidepressants and all these parents, it was, it was just chilling to be in that room because it was packed with parents who had lost children to suicide. And they had these oh. huge, enormous posters of their nine-year-old daughter oh. who hung herself in the closet. Oh. And and um, and they all got up and spoke for two minutes. That's all they got was two minutes. You know, it was heart-wrenching. I mean, really, it was this horrible hearing. And then at the end of the hearing, they weren't going to vote, but the audience started screaming, no, we want to vote, okay? So they did. Ultimately, they put the black box warning on all antidepressants, except Prozac. I don't know why Prozac got excluded. I really don't because there's ample, ample information um, about Prozac. And this is for uh, uh, children. This isn't for everyone. Okay, the black box warning is for anybody under 24. So. The black box warning is the last step that the FDA takes on a drug uh, before they pull it from the market. Okay, that's how bad it is. I mean, a, this is a huge thing to have a black box warning on antidepressants for suicidality. All of the antidepressants have it. But what about
0: homicidality?
1: It causes it. Cause yes. And again, <laughs> you know, these are some of the uh, uh, adverse events from from. Uh, uh taking an ssri which is basically most of the antidepressants on the market today are serotonin selective reuptake inhibitors um anxiety ins- insomnia agitation amnesia confusion depression depersonalization hallucinations hostility paranoid reaction psychosis delusions neurosis suicidal attempts acute brain syndrome i mean This is what the, this is what is put on the inserts. Okay. Wow. Wow. So then when you, when you say, oh, well, we're going to give kids and they can, the thing about, uh, the FDA is they don't approve the antidepressants for kids, but doctors are allowed to prescribe off label. Okay. Meaning it's not approved for kids, but I think he'll really get some good out of this. What does the
0: FDA consider kids one through 24?
1: Yeah, under 24. Okay, under 20. So so we can give these to kids. Oh my god, we have a lot of kids on antidepressants, don't we? Oh, I think it's up to 15 million now.
0: Uh, what? In the
1: US. Yes. 15 million children on antidepressants? Not on antidepressants, but psychiatric drugs. So, ADHD drugs, antipsychotics, antidepressants, wow. anti-anxiety drugs. That's an epidemic. Well, it's a lot of kids and so You have to say to yourself again, what aren't parents being told before they allow the drugging of their kids? What aren't they not being told? Do they understand the diagnosis is purely subjective? It is subjective. It is based on somebody's opinion of your child's behavior. It's not based on a disease or an abnormality in the brain. And in fact, most of the uh, prescribing is done by the family doctor. It's no longer done by psychiatrists. It's done by the family doctor. Do you think they sit and spend a lot of time with your kid to, you know, really figure out what's going on?
0: Now, are there side effects to these drugs? Like, are there is there permanent damage to the brain or permanent damage? Well,
1: again, remember all of these drugs are chemicals: serotonin, norepinephrine. Um, um, I can't even think of all of them. And what they do is they're, they're increasing, for example, they're increasing the serotonin in your brain. So serotonin is a neurotransmitter
0: and its biological function is uh, modulating mood, cognition, reward, learning, memory, and numerous physiological processes such as vomiting and vasoconstriction, et cetera.
1: So when you start talking about changing the chemicals in a child's brain right
0: yeah a growing brain
1: in 19, 19 brain well and they don't develop until they're 21 years old that's when your brain is fully developed okay okay so look at it this way i i wrote this article in 2016 and it's based on ims health data and so we have just alone they report that uh there were uh 45,800 four to five year olds that are on antidepressants. 45,800. And that was in 2016. Then you have 24,000 who are on antipsychotics. Remember, their brains are still developing. Right. So you're changing this child's brain chemically. Right.
0: God.
1: And usually what happens though is that. They don't get the reaction that they want, or the drug isn't working. So we're going to up it, or we're going to change it to a different antipsychotic or a different antidepressant. And
0: combine it with something else,
1: or we're going to give them a chemical, or we're going to give them a cocktail of these chemicals. We're going to give them an antipsychotic and an antidepressant. So you wonder their, their brain is all—it's completely messed up at this point. It's no—they they literally no longer are in their right mind. So let's let's talk about these school shooters that you
0: discovered. The commonality was they were all on these antidepressants. Mm-hmm. What kind of antidepressants were they on? And was this widely publicized? Did this? Because I, I know that these school shootings they trigger gun control um, debates, but I've never heard a debate about uh drugging children because you know the commonality among so many of these kids is is uh these psychotropic drugs
1: you're never going to hear the media especially the media you know say oh well you know maybe it's the drugs that were given these kids these mind-altering drugs why All you have to do is watch tv for two hours every other commercial is pharmaceutical commercials right there is too much money involved to bring attention to this possible connection, okay, to, for anybody to even consider it. But it's, for me, somebody who's been covering it for 30 years, almost 30 years, um, it's frustrating because don't we all want to get to what's causing it? We know a gun was the weapon of death. We know that. But what caused that child to go to that school? Yeah, and what do was it? the inspiration for all that? Right. Now, clearly, we have many problems in society today, and we have since who knows when. I mean, there have been shootings, you know, since uh, I started writing about 96, yeah, Barry Leucatis. He was under, uh, you know, mental health uh, treatment, but they didn't tell you what drugs he was on. This is the other thing. If they're a minor, you can't find out what they're on. That information is protected. This is why I'm screaming to change the mental health laws for these shooters. If you are one of these shooters and you committed this crime, I'm sorry, I believe you've lost all protection. And the public has a right to know what you were taking. Wouldn't we have a right to know if they were on fentanyl or meth or cocaine? If it was illegal, they'd probably tell us, right? Yeah. So why not tell us what legal ones they're on? Yeah. So that's. You know, that's... So one talk
0: key. about um,
1: the Columbine shooter. So you have Eric Harris and Eric Dylan Klebold. You know, they never released what uh, uh, Dylan Clayball was on, but we know that Dylan and Eric were both in anger management classes, which is a mental health thing. Yes. Um, so his parents never released whether or not he was or wasn't that I'm aware of to this day. I'm, I'm not aware of what... Uh, Dylan Clayball was, but Eric Harris, um, he was on uh, Zoloft and Luvox, which are antidepressants. Okay. Two, huh? <laughs> I, you know, I, I I tend to lean to the side of probably Dylan was on something too, just because they both were in you know the same anger management thing, um, for treatment, but, um. All you have to do is go through the list. T.J. Solomon, you know, um, he uh, wounded six people. He was uh, on uh, Ritalin and he was in counseling. Andy Williams, Charles Andrew Williams. Does uh, does Ritalin
0: cause suicidal and homicidal ideation
1: too? No, but it has its other uh, effects, okay? And again, Ritalin is the closest thing that we have to cocaine. Right, right. Kids snort it, they trade it they smash it up and they snort it. Right. You know? So, you know, you have to look at that. Um, Jason Hoffman, uh, El Cajun, California. He killed one, wounded one. Selexa and Effexor, both antidepressants. Again, you can go through the list of these school shooters and you, you just see that this is the thing they have in common. Have any of the
0: shrinks who treated these children ever Mm -hmm. come forward to say that this might be an issue? No. That's interesting. In fact, it's never brought up. I was wondering, has anybody ever subpoenaed them in a trial or anything uh, to try and get that information?
1: You know, when you're dealing uh, with the kids who live and who who go to trial, usually they get a plea and then there's never a, a, a trial. They're simply sentenced. And um let's let's take Somebody a case should of, gather
0: all those psychiatrists together in a room and ask them a bunch of questions.
1: Well, let's look at one case and it wasn't one of the shooters, but it it was Andrea Yates. Remember Andrea Yates? She drowned her five kids in the tub yes, in Texas. Yes. So I get to see her medical records and the psychiatrist had her on like two, three times the legal limit um, of uh, psychiatric drugs. Oh. But you know, that wasn't a big deal, nothing happened to him. There have been cases that have been won. The Westbecker case, you know, Dr. Bregan, Peter Bregan, fabulous, fabulous guy, Harvard trained psychiatrist, he testifies in court cases, written a zillion books about this. Um, he really is the go-to guy if you want to talk about how worthless these drugs are. He actually testifies in these court cases, and he won the the West Becker case. And what they won was that West Becker was a nice guy and no problem until he took Prozac. Oh, wow! And then he went postal. So there have been cases where it has been won.
0: Let's talk about the Sandy Hook shooter for a minute.
1: Adam Lanza, the Sandy Hook shooter was all his life uh, had issues, okay? His parents had uh, some issues with his behavior. We know that he was treated at the Yale uh, Child Something Center, Yale Child Center. And at that time he was on Lexapro. And this is what it says, about lexapro it says uh, force labor it's made by force labor- laboratories. Um, it's an antidepressant it's an SSri helps restore the brain's chemical balance <laughs> oh. by increasing the availability supply of serotonin a substance in the brain believed to influence the mood and then it says that they believe it and it's presumed to treat this mood disorder. This are lawyer words. They're lawyer words. Maybe due to presume, believe. They do that for a reason. Now, does that have a black box warning? Yes. And what's yes. the
0: black box warning say?
1: Well, it's a black box warning for suicidality. Okay. That people who take it could commit suicide. Okay. Be aware. If you take this, you might commit suicide. There's so many big issues with uh, the Sandy Hook shooting. I actually read the entire investigation uh twice and it's not uh, a short one it's a long one thousands of pages long
0: whose investigation
1: the uh, connecticut state police put out the the final uh investigation and they didn't put this is what's really interesting about this investigation and i've read a lot of school shooter investigations they didn't have a glossary in other words everything about that investigation was willy-nilly like somebody just took a big group of paper and shoved it all together there was no, it's like, you know, the first section is, you know, witness testimony. This, you know, chapter two is, you know, um, firearms. Chapter three is uh, forensic information. They don't have that. It's just all willy-nilly uh, throughout it. So they make they make you have to read all these thousands of pages, <laughs> which I did. The biggest issue that I walked away from was, everybody's inability to stand up and say, hey, let's see his mental health records. They've never released Adam Lanza's mental health records. Never. What happened
0: with his shrink? Wasn't his shrink ever approached for that?
1: Well, yeah, and he said that he had thrown all those records out and then he moved to New Zealand, okay, and he was brought back because one of his patients brought criminal charges against him for sexual abuse and he went to jail but so he had thrown out his records he said um but they never asked him to come in and talk about it about Adam he never he never went on the record about Adam if he had prescribed anything for Adam so that's very disappointing and um Sheila Matthews who is one of the co-founders of Able Child which is a nonprofit that helps parents who are whose kids are told they have to take these drugs. Um, She lived in Connecticut at the time. I mean, she was dogged, she was there uh, at Sandy Hook and uh, she ended up suing the medical uh, examiner's office for the records, the toxicology. And the reason they don't wanna release that is because according to the hearing she had that day, they are afraid people will stop taking their medication right? Well, oops
0: <laughs> what a concern.
1: Yeah, well, I tell you something, Adam definitely had some mental health issues. We'll never know. Was he uh, a
0: violent kid, though? I mean, no, generally. no, no. So that's interesting that this is a kid who's not violent. No. Yet One day, apparently, he picks up a gun and
1: well, he picked up several guns. I mean, they said he picked up a you know, 9 millimeter rifle and shot his mother three or four times in her bed. And, uh, and then he went to school with a shotgun in the trunk and a 9 millimeter Sig Sauer handgun and uh, a, uh, a Glock. Um, so he had a lot of guns. There were plenty of guns in the house. In fact, he was trained how to use guns. The family shot they they went out and they did sporting you know shooting so he was trained he knew how to use them let's talk about
0: this latest shooting uvalde um talk about what you find odd because we've had previous discussions discussions where you say there are a lot of odd things here you have a lot of questions and of course one of the questions has to be was this kid on anything so could you just talk to me about everything as it's been reported that troubles you about this case
1: well what troubles me most and again this is from years of covering or uh, looking at these shootings there's certain things that you start to immediately identify that are missing okay the first is we don't really know everything about this kid in other words all the reporters that have interviewed the grandfather and the father and the mother, I haven't heard one of them ask, well, was he you know, under any kind of mental health treatment? Was he taking any drugs at any time in his life? I don't know, it's a simple question. If he wasn't, that's great. We well, you check that one off? Check, check, okay? That, well, that's what did your... they say about him? That he
0: was a great kid, normal? Or did they say, no. oh, he was troubled or whatever?
1: He was troubled, he was bullied when he was in school, which leads me to believe that See, again, whenever you hear, oh, he was bullied and he was really shy and people would pick on him, he's he's under the the, the guise of the, the uh, teachers and the, uh, uh, you know, the HR people at school. They're, they're on to him. They understand what's going on. They see it, which leads me to believe that at some point his mother or his grandparents were brought in to talk about this, okay? but we haven't heard this yet. We haven't heard this from anybody. Well, to talk about his being bullied? Sure, sure, because that's mental health, you understand? In schools. Yeah,
0: but all, you know, it's interesting, if he's being bullied, it's interesting that it's his mental health that, that is, you know, that comes up first, as opposed to the mental health of the
1: bully. Right, right. You know, I mean- but again, kids, kids are kids. kids. Kids bully each other. I don't know. When I was in school, I got bullied. No, I know but
0: there's a certain kind of bullying where you're the, you're the constant target of somebody. And I, I, my, my daughter had something like that and I called up the school and I said, you know, we can handle this quietly or we can handle this uh, in a very big way, Mm -hmm. but this, you've got to bring this, this child to heal or else you're going to have, you know, I'm going to make this public everywhere. So they fixed it. They, you know, oh, and, and yes, they said yes. This person, uh, this person has been has does have problems, and so on and so forth. And and they talked to his parents. They talked to the kid, and my daughter was left alone. But you know, I wasn't. I, I wasn't even going to begin to be nice about it because I know how horrible bullying can be. Sure. So. Uh, and again yeah. a lot of times the schools do not address it. A lot of times they don't
1: but it, they don't but a lot of times they do and what they do is they rush to mental health you know do you want to go ahead and talk to somebody you know that kind of thing why should he have to talk to somebody why shouldn't again i'm here i
0: understand your you argument know that just just- doesn't make sense i'm sorry i'm getting all ex- exercised about this but <laughs> it seems to me that the bully is the one who needs the you know to be dealt
1: with sure. not of the course. kid being bullied no but i mean in their mind, they wanna help the kid that's being bullied. Okay? So the first, you know, yeah. often they run to- The way they him, can you know, help
0: that kid be bullied, you know, the bu- kid being bullied is to get that bully off his back and to get that bully to apologize to him and have that bully not do it again. Real simple. You don't have to go through mental health in for for that side of
1: it, I think. I agree, I agree, I agree. But that's not necessarily the way it's always it always right. works. <laughs> You know, that's why we need more mental health. So anyway, in in Uvalde, there are, right off the bat, I mean, even they admit, the police admit, we have a problem with the information that we're putting out. You know, they've admitted that. They've changed their story. In fact, they've changed their story to the point where they're not even putting out any more information. Okay? Why do you think that is? What does your gut
0: tell you about that?
1: (laughs) I'm like, it's... Tells me there's a problem with the storyline.
0: Well, that's obvious, but why is there a problem with the storyline? Why is there not a, I don't know. a narrative uh, that, that runs in a straight line?
1: Okay, I know you and I have talked off camera, and I've been you know screaming like a coyote. <laughs> Where is the video, please, Johnny? Roll the video. All these schools have video cameras inside now. Okay, I don't want to see the room where the poor little kids are dead. I don't need to see that. But you know what that videotape showing him coming in the door showing him walking up to school showing him wrecking the car outside that would provide an absolute perfect timeline. Okay, it'll also show us when the border patrol guy that was getting a haircut and his wife called him, you know, who ran to the school? Got a shotgun from his friend's truck. I want to know how that guy got into the school. Well, okay? he said he had a he got a janitor's key. I want to know how he was allowed. The whole thing is roped off. Parents are being tased because they they don't want him going anywhere near there. But this guy, he was able to get into the school and let some of the kids out. Well, I wonder out. how he got the janitor's key. Well, why didn't they give it to the 18 guys standing outside
0: the door where the shooter was? Well, that was the weird thing, is the 18 guys who, the, the, the guys who were standing out there, why were they standing out there? Because you mentioned- They for King. Talk about their training. They had been trained two months earlier, right? Yeah. Uh, listen, how to deal with this.
1: These had two months ago were trained in, you know, these mass shootings. It doesn't say wait, it says you go in immediately. We learned that after Columbine. So all this training, always, you go in, you don't wait. Why? For the very reason that happened in Uvalde. People bleed out. You got to go in to try and save the people who have been wounded, okay? And um, so they didn't. That's a big question in my mind. So the other question is, here you have these people outside the door, the classroom door where the shooter is, they think he's barricading himself in a closet, right? So you got this other guy.
0: Why do they think that he's barricaded himself in the closet? If nobody's in there, how do they know what he's
1: doing? Well, they 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 didn't hear any more shooting. So they thought he barricaded himself in the well, closet. Well, that's an
0: assumption. They assumed that he barricaded himself because they didn't hear any more shooting. Right.
1: So they didn't think it was a rescue thing. They thought it was a, you know, um, a barricade, negotiate kind of thing with the shooter. I think you
0: mentioned too
1: that there were windows all along yes. both sides. Both sides? Is it both sides of the school? No, no, So so on the inside of the school, there's windows. So they're in the classroom, the door is here, right? Right. And, you know, I'm assuming there's a little peep window you can look into a classroom, like the principal checking on the teachers, you know. Yeah. So, but on the other side of the room is is windows. And I'm thinking to myself, all these kids are laying on the ground. You can They're see that awesome. from the outside, then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why didn't they shoot this guy through the window? <laughs> He's the only guy standing. Right.
0: I just, this is this is the craziest thing.
1: But again, here these are just questions that are going through my mind. But the biggest one, and the one that I really want answers to, is what does the video show? We can end all this arguing about what happened, when, and where, if you just play the video, okay? Now in the case of Sandy Hook, they had video outside and inside, but it wasn't working that day. Oh, huh. well, that was a coincidence. Oh, what a
0: coincidence. <laughs> oh, that's so weird.
1: So if they come up and say it wasn't working that day, I'm starting to get a little heebie-jeebie about this. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so anyway, go ahead. You know, this town also, I read an article, I think it was on Fox News. No, it was on Breitbart. That this town on Uvalde is about uh, 70 miles from the border. And it is uh, heavily used by traffickers and drug runners. Because it connects two major highways. It, Uvalde connects with two major highways. Okay. So apparently this town is like, you know, off in the wild west.
0: And what connection with that, could that have?
1: I, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting because I just read this two days ago. I hadn't heard it at all for the first five days after the shooting. Also, why did the kid crash his truck? It's literally 56 seconds from his grandmother's house to the outside of the school. Okay? Okay. He wasn't being chased. He wasn't being chased.
0: So why did he crash his truck? I wonder if he, he was impaired in some way.
1: Again, you have to ask yourself, was he impaired? Was he impaired on illegal drugs? Was did he take fentanyl, meth, coke, I don't know, or was he on psych drugs? I don't know. This is why the toxicology report of his is going to be crucial. And again, you know Sheila Matthews of Able Child Uh, called down to Texas to the uh, Justice of the Peace, the judge down there, and he told her that the body was taken to an undisclosed location of the shooter. Okay. Oh. Oh. Was taken to an undisclosed location. Not to the
0: local coroner.
1: Right. To an undisclosed location. Now, why wasn't he taken? For security reasons.
0: what security reason could there be? I mean, I think maybe
1: the police couldn't protect it. I don't know. I mean, really, that's what I said. I said, why? I mean, he's dead. He's what, dead. What's somebody going to do to it? Right. He's connected
0: to somebody who would be mad that he was shot or something, but you know,
1: well, okay. So they've taken it to an undisclosed location in Bexar County, which is San Antonio County, basically. And, um, He has been processed, the body has been processed, which to me, I would, if I had been making the call, I would have said, what do you mean by processed? Has he been embalmed? And I would have then said, did you first take, you know, organ tissue so that we can get a good toxicology out of it? Well, surely they're doing a toxicology report. Okay, well, they say they are, and it'll be four months before the toxicology report will be available, four months, it should take a week. Oh, really? Four months. Oh, that's
0: that smells. That smells.
1: So, so I'm like, wow, four months. This is I give them two weeks, you know. OK, you're busy. Uh, but this goes to the front of the line. This is a mass shooting. This goes to the front of the line at the lab. Now, was this guy was this guy like Lanza? Was he an experienced shooter? Not to my knowledge. In fact, uh, when he was 18, he turned 18 and he went and bought the guns and the guns were expensive. The guns and the ammo, it's my understanding were up to $4,000. So you gotta go, where did the kid get $4,000? From a poor family, right? And the the guns were properly registered though, right? Properly registered on his 18th birthday he was able to buy them, yes.
0: So how long after did he go kill people?
1: Pretty quick, Um, pretty quick, yeah.
0: Wow, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, there were clues that he was going to do something because he was online on, you know, and he was talking to this girl and he showed her a picture of his guns. So again, people knew that he had these that, you know. Did anybody at the school know? No. Mm
0: -mm. Did his family know? No, in fact, his a uh, couple of felons in the family.
1: Well, yeah, his, his grandfather was a felon. And being a felon, he had to report to the police right away if he knew there were guns in the house, or but he could he go back. Not, he, he didn't did know that he said that he didn't know that he had them. Oh, oh. Yeah,
0: grandfather said he had no idea that he had them. And he was in his grand, he was living with his grandparents, right? He yes. He was not living with his parents.
1: Right his mother he was not living with his mother she i it, now i've read that she was about to be evicted or something so there was not i don't think it was a close relationship in fact he was in a bad he
0: he probably was reared in a in a mm-hmm. bad situation to begin with
1: yes i think he came so, from a very 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 dysfunctional family situation yeah,
0: yeah. and and if you're talking about uh Uvalde being some kind of a drug mecca mhm but but I mean it's a if corridor. He,
1: it's like a corridor for these things because okay. of the way the highways hook up.
0: Well, if they find, do you think if they find illegal drugs in his system that they'll more readily report that than, than pharma, you know, SSR. You know, they
1: may. I, I again, I don't know. There's no reason for them not to tell us everything that was in his system. And again, there's no agenda here. It's just history of working on these shootings and looking at how right. the investigations go. Eh, it might be helpful, it might glean some information. Here's another school shooter who was on blah, blah, blah. Now, I, I'm interested
0: in, in what you think. Uh, obviously, the minute, the minute something like this happens, it, it does trigger gun control uh hearings and and people are just like we have to get rid of guns and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. and um you know i am just curious to know if if knowing what you know Mm -hmm. since you've covered all these school shootings Mm -hmm. um what do you think is the best way to proceed uh
1: to stop these things Well, First, I'll say that I don't think that you're going to stop them. If somebody wants to kill people, they're going to find a way to do it. Okay, look at Jim Jones, he killed 928 people with Kool Aid. Okay. I mean, one guy in Wisconsin drove his car through an entire parade. You know, if you want to kill people, you'll find a way I don't think that guns um, by restricting guns the the ownership or use of guns um to law-abiding citizens is the answer to this because you know people are always gonna find a way to kill. And bad people, criminals, are definitely gonna find a way. They're always gonna get their hands on on guns. I mean, look at Chicago. Last weekend they had what 48 shootings? Oh,
0: my 48. God.
1: but did that make the evening news? No. So it happens all the time. Philadelphia, in you know, uh, Chicago. You can name the cities where they have shootings all the time. So, is
0: this is this something that has to be addressed from a social, psychosocial? I yeah, mean, I think. Why is it's everybody t- so angry? Why why are are so many of our kids so hostile to the point that they're homicidal? I mean, I'll be the first one to say because I, I wasn't brought up in this country. I was brought up in Haiti, which is like now a fourth world country. But I'll tell you what, um, I, I, uh, even in a country like that where people are desperate and hungry and starving, I, that kind of children were sacred, are, you know, considered sacred in, in, in most cultures, Mm-hmm. But here in the United States there seems to be this hostility or something towards children. I mean, your children jumps up and down, well, he's got a mental illness. He's ADHD. Your child is this, your child. And there's just no does you know, kids are I can't even explain it. They they're just not held in the sacred esteem in this country that they are they seem to be in virtually every we're we're the only country that has these mass shootings on a regular basis on the part of these
1: uh, kids well you know i guess if i had to look at i'd say um and again just because of my history with looking at these things i want to know if these shooters are on any kind of psychiatric medication i want to know and i think that the public should have a right to know that
0: it's we know everything about
1: the gun. We know everything about the gun. We know about the ammo. We know about his family. Why don't we get to know if he was receiving any kind of psychotropic medication?
0: I'll tell you what, if 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 that's the case, Big Pharma has a lot to answer for on so many levels with its products. I well, mean, I mean <laughs> we're talking about all these different products that are hurting people uh you know we're dealing with this vaccine situation right now i mean are, are we going to have to be looking at uh psychotropic drugs now that that uh, they're well, selling was,
1: you know it was interesting because last night if you saw president biden give his gun speech um one of the things he said was that we need to you know um be able to sue the gun manufacturers because you know uh, they get away with everything. Well, the fact of the matter is, the most protected group on the planet are pharmaceuticals. Look at the vaccine. You can't sue for the COVID vaccine. Yeah. They took they took that away from the people. So yeah. don't tell me it's the gun manufacturers when you just spent two years giving an experimental vaccine to people who. Many have been harmed and they have no way to get recourse for this, you know? But that was his argument last night. We ought to be able to sue. Every time somebody shoots somebody, oh, we get to sue the, you know, the gun maker because obviously it's their fault. It's ridiculous. How about we call a spade a spade? It's the guy that pulled the trigger. This is a crime. I'm not forgiving the kid who goes into a school and, and massacres kids that's a crime he's a criminal and he needs to be tried as a criminal if he lived but there's reasons why things happen the other thing i want to say is you know i think that there's a problem with the family in this country not kids the family we don't hold the family dear anymore we rarely have more than 50 percent of the households who have a mother and a father in it at the same time right So I mean little boys need a father. I, I, I'm sorry. I just feel like you know we have enough data to show this. They need a male masculine figure in their life.
0: Well and they need one who's intact and sane and loving. Of course, I mean, it's, it, to me it's the love factor. Sure Children but we don't need to, have to be love. They anymore. need to know that they're supported. they need to be know they need to know that they're cared for, that they're cherished. And and it's so hard, even even if you're an intact family, because, you know, everybody has to go out and work a million hours just to pay the bills and so on and so forth. It's so hard to do it even when you're sane and intact, you know, and if, if you're poor or I don't even know how single mothers do it, frankly, it, parenting is so hard. It's so mm-hmm. hard. And uh, I just feel like everything militates ag- against it. And, and now you've got this whole industry that's, well, oh, your kid causing problems, you know for you?, uh, yeah. you know, g- here. Give him, this, give him or her this, this drug and, and you know, it'll all be good.